Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Support for this podcast comes from Aegis Living. To prepare mom for next steps in life, families know that care means more than trained professionals. It's knowing mom is active, making friends, and happy. That's Aegis Living. Short-term respite stays now available. AegisLiving.com. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. Governor Gavin Newsom recently set an ambitious goal of vaccinating a million people against COVID-19 in a 10-day span. But so far, the state has fallen far short of that. At this point, most counties aren't giving shots to members of the public, at least not yet. To make that happen, lawmakers and county health officials say they're going to need a lot more help. From CAP Radio in Sacramento, Sammy Kayola reports. Counties say they're not getting enough information on when more vaccine doses are coming, so they can't notify people to make appointments or do mass outreach events. We usually get a couple days notice that doses are coming and it's not always they don't always come in the amount that we expect. Colleen Chala directs the Alameda County Healthcare Services Agency. She and a coalition of local health leaders wrote a letter to Governor Gavin Newsom this week asking for $400 million for vaccine distribution immediately. She says the support Newsom proposed for counties in his budget won't solve ongoing staff shortages and other problems. We are in the midst of this right now, and this is a, a crisis at this moment. So this is these funding requests are for our next six months of operation. It's this it's this fiscal year. Forty seven lawmakers also wrote a letter to Newsom this week asking him to better fund counties for vaccine work. Democratic Assembly member Cadi Petrie Norris was the primary author. There really is a trade off between speed and precision. And I think what we've seen so far has been some analysis paralysis. And it really is time for us to stop talking about it and just start getting it done. They also called on the state to provide counties with weekly updates about vaccine supply. And they suggested that nursing students, firefighters and retired physicians be able to give out doses. For The California Report, I'm Sammy Kayola. In Los Angeles, the number of COVID-19 cases is fast approaching a million, with 15,000 people infected there each day. The region has been the epicenter of the pandemic for months, but the speed of transmission continues to alarm officials. COVID-19 has devastated communities of color more than any other. L.A. Times reporter Ron Lynn has been looking at the data in L.A. Earlier, we spoke about how Latinos have been affected the most by far. So in November, in early November, there were about three and a half uh, deaths a day per 100,000 Latino residents. That's increased to 28 deaths a day for every 100,000 Latino residents. That's, that's eight times uh, the increase that we saw in early November. And it's just a, a sign of how devastating the pandemic is on our Latino population. 
Ron, those numbers are truly staggering. Um, and, and I wonder what experts that you're talking to have told you about why things got so much worse so quickly, because the, the point of comparison is between now and November, so just two months ago. Yeah. So one of the things that we're now starting to see is that when the pandemic gets worse, the disparities also get worse. So, you know, besides Latinos, people of color and also uh, people who earn less are seeing, you know, far worse uh, case rates uh, and death rates compared to uh, white and wealthier populations. Right. And, you know, when we talk about ways to to curb the the spread, lockdowns have been a big part of that equation. Can you talk a little bit about what experts have told you about how those shutdowns, those lockdowns, um, affect different segments of the population differently? So California was one of the first states, in fact, the first state to issue a statewide stay-at-home order. And the good news is that there are signs that that, that did decrease deaths. It decreased mortality, but only for certain populations. There's a UC San Francisco study that came out in December, and it found that Latino and black residents and people with no more than a high school degree suffered among the highest increase in deaths during the pandemic. Uh, one of the epidemiolo- epidemiologists that I spoke with you know, said that a shutdown is beneficial only to a certain segment of the population, people who can stay home. You know, we've been talking about a lot of this through the lens of race, but it sounds like a lot of this really comes down to income. Can you talk a little bit about how that manifests? Yes. So one of the things that we know is that how much you earn is associated with how likely you are to die from COVID. So one of the things that we found out in L.A. County is that while people living in the wealthiest areas of L.A. County are dying at about 10 deaths a day per 100,000 residents, People living in the poorest areas of L.A. County are dying at an average of 36 deaths a day per 100,000 residents. In other words, uh, someone who lives in the poorer areas are three to four times more likely to die from COVID than someone who lives in the wealthiest areas. And this is an indication of something that it has become very clear. Um, your, your chances of dying from COVID are higher if, A, you uh, live in crowded housing, and B, if you have to leave home to go to work. These are risk factors that put you at greater risk of contracting the disease and unfortunately dying. All right. Ron Lynn, reporter at the LA Times. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Finally this morning, next week's inauguration in Washington for President-elect Joe Biden and Vice President-elect Kamala Harris has officials in California stepping up security prep here. KQED Politics Editor Scott Schaefer has more. In a video message released yesterday, Governor Gavin Newsom said after last week's insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, there will be zero tolerance for violence in California. Newsom activated up to 1,000 of the state's National Guard to work closely with the CHP to protect infrastructure in and around the state capitol in Sacramento. The move comes just days after the FBI warned of possible armed violence planned by extremist groups targeting all 50 state capitals. The governor said other steps are being taken to work closely with law enforcement as well as social media companies to respond quickly to any public safety threats. For the California Report, I'm Scott Schaefer. And that is the California Report for this Friday. Our engineers are Danny Bringer and Katie McMurrin, with assistance from Seal Muller. Our producers are Mary Franklin Harvin and Holly J. McDeed. Our senior editor is Angela Corral. 
KQED's Director of News is Vinnie Tong, our Executive Editor is Ethan Lindsay, and our Chief Content Officer is Holly Kernan. I'm Lily Jamali. Have a great weekend. Support for the California Report comes from Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Futures, focused on finding exceptional people and helping them do more for others together on the web at SchmidtFutures.com. The James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically, learn more at Irvine.org, and Paint Care. Now with 770 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse, golden state. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts.